All right, we're back here on the Wrestling Road. I'm Jeff, and I'm here with Dave today. Hey, guys. How you doing? And uh, we're going to start off. We're going to do our weekly wrestling review. We're going to start off with Monday Night Raw from 210. Yeah. It was an uh, interesting one. I, I don't really... Honestly, this ain't one of the best or better ones they've done. It isn't. It is. It, it's lacking a little bit, especially with the main storyline with Seth Rollins. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, a lot of good talent. There's some decent wrestling there, but... It just doesn't seem to have the momentum that an angle like that should have. No, he should actually, he shouldn't even be holding the tag team titles, honestly. He should be going to the WWE Championship. And uh, basically, this could be a version of the Four Horsemen. If they want to go, or Legacy, or uh, the uh, Undisputed Era in NXT, or evolution or whatever whatever faction you want this could be a devastating faction they're just not using the faction right i do agree however putting buddy murphy with this faction because he does need a push a sustainable push and i think this is the right call exactly we opened up uh with seth buddy murphy and the aop in the ring yeah uh and then, of course, they ended up in a brawl with Kevin Owens, uh, the Viking Raiders, and Samoa Joe, who made his return. Yeah, came behind and gave uh, uh, Rollins in the Kakina Clutch. Right. Which, I, you know, when they didn't show Samoa Joe, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, you know, don't no, no, mention it. Of course, it's supposed to be an eight-man tag team match tonight. It was advertised. So I thought to myself, he's got to be coming to the crowd. Uh, you know, it's one of duck hit-and-run type things. But very few do they do this on with uh, faces. You guys, for all y'all don't know who that is. Uh, so when Samoa Joe came to the crowd, I was like, yeah, you know, that's pretty predictable. You know, you don't see him. You know he's in the main event. He's got to be somewhere. Guess what? He attacks Seth Rollins. It gives a feel-good moment for the good guys at that particular moment, but it's really not going to push anywhere else. Exactly. So, the first matchup was uh, Becky Lynch giving Asuka her rematch for the women's title. Yeah. I thought this was probably my favorite match of the night. I thought it was really good. It was a great match. Great match. And, you know, do whatever they want to, but Becky Lynch and Asuka tore that house down. Yes, absolutely. And there's only a few females in the WWE. If you put them together, have great chemistry. I mean, it's just like dance partners. you got to have the right dance partner to make a great match. And if all else fails, you go back to the people that brought you to the dance, like Becky Lynch and Oscar, or Becky Lynch and Charlotte, or Charlotte and Oscar, or whatever the case may be. You always have the right people with the right situation. And this was a great one. And did I not call her or did I not call it? About the event. About Shannon Baszler? Yes. I don't remember you 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 you, you, you calling the blood. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, Shannon Baszler attacking Becky Lynch after Becky successfully uh, yeah, defended their title. Sorry, guys. It was kind of exciting for me. Yeah. Uh, Becky won a, in a really good match. Right. Great match. Um, and see, that this brings us to a point. We we, we felt like uh, Baszler was going to face Lynch on our last podcast. Mm-hmm. And that was the prediction. We thought that it might be intriguing, however, to put Oscar in a uh, triple threat match yeah. with that. But apparently, that ain't how it's going to go. But uh, you know, 
The one question before we get to the Baszler Becky Lance situation here. Excuse me, guys. But under the weather, uh, is the fact that where do these women tag team goals go to? Because they're they're not being utilized. They're not in tag team action. It's a waste. It's a waste for a lot of these women. They brought these tag team gold on there to actually help promote women, actually help promote the women uh, tag team titles. So I thought it was a good idea when they first done it. And now I just think it's just a waste of time. Yep. So, I mean, how do you feel about this? Exactly. We've talked about this before. They're, they're not doing anything with those titles. Asuka's wrestling in singles matches most of the time. Kari Hussain might well just be her manager at this point. Yeah. Coming down the ring. She, she's hardly ever in the ring. And that's a waste of talent right there. Kay Racine saying has not been in a a meaningful match in a long time. Mm -hmm. Two weeks ago, she wrestled, I think, uh, was it Becky Lance or Charlotte or one of them? And guess what? She lost. She put on a great match. Mm -hmm. But like you said, when is is she going to – she's like the manager of Oscar right now. I I thought they had a pretty good – thing going when Paige was their manager until she had her neck, you know, injury and she had to go out and have another surgery again. But, you know, Paige fitting with the Kabuki Warriors, I thought was a perfect fit. I believe the last time we saw them together, the Kabuki Warriors jumped Paige, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. And, you know, they took away. And that's fine if you want to do it that way. Mm -hmm. But have somebody like Paige stepping in to speak for the Kabuki Warriors like Paul Hammond does with Brock Lesnar. Well, Brock Lesnar sounds like a little child when he speaks. Well, this would be a perfect chance for that page return if yeah. she's healthy with another tag team challenge to Kabuki Warriors. Well, I'm hoping. I'm not, I don't even know where these tag team goals going. Right. I just feel like this is a, this is a, like I said, it's not promoting any women. It's not making any women look good. It's, you got these women out there who should be in the spotlight, like Lacey Evans, who we haven't seen in three weeks. Uh, or two weeks, rather. We haven't seen uh, Natalia, and I don't know, God knows for how long. Just spot matches here or there. It's a match yeah, on for two weeks, like another match. Women are really great really wrestlers, and I'm going to tell you, if they went to AEW or Impact Wrestling, or if another promotion more them, they could be front and center in a lot of these uh, women's divisions. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but, you know, hey. Yeah. Definitely got any time out there, and a tag team match is a great way to, or a tag team uh, angle is a great way to get more of them in the spotlight. Especially and, when you got the tag team, well, especially when you got tag team belts for the women's division. Right. I felt like this was a good idea. I just want to see how it's going to go. It just seems like come WrestleMania, we're going to have probably a fatal four away uh, for the women's tag team belt. Mm-hmm. If I maybe. Maybe now let the Oscar Becky Lynch angles drop on down, and obviously it's going to be Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler now. Maybe we can get back to Kabuki Warriors as tag team, hopefully at least. Yeah, I think so. And you know, I'm going to throw this out there. This was another spot where they just wanted Oscar in a match, knowing mm-hmm. that she wasn't going to win. This was a, a set up match for Baszler versus the Becky Lynch. This wasn't a Oscar uh, Becky Lynch type uh, match, feel good match or a really great high-level match, even though they made it to be that way. It, it was just, hey, we're going to introduce Becky Lynch's new challenger. And this is what that was all about. It was a fill-in match, basically, for Oscar to face Becky Lynch until her she gets her new challenger. Exactly. And what do you think about Shannon Blazer drawing, going all vampire and drawing blood? I mean, 
We know uh, Vince for a long time had banned blood. Yeah, I thought it was pretty sick. You know, you know, you know she bit the capsule because of Yeah, that had to be fake. That had to be fake. There was no blood. Dag, I already know blood on her neck. Mm-hmm. When they pulled it out, when they pulled her hair back, you see how the blood was dripping down. It wasn't dripping, you know. Mm-hmm. It was going side to side. It wasn't going down like it normally would, you know. And it's just like, okay, I understand why they did it. I just think it was sick. I would think that she'd probably break the arm or whatever, try to break the arm or a body part and try to break a neck, which it reminds me like if a male cat's on top of a female cat for dominance, they bite the neck. This is what, it's just like, acts like she's, what is this, a wild kingdom for dominant? I'm going to be dominant over you, Becky Lynch type thing. I mean, how'd you perceive that? I was just shocked to see it. I mean, Vince had banned this for years, and we know guys like Batista in the past have gotten in trouble and fined. For using blood, and uh, is this, is this a change of direction for the WWE? I mean, obviously, it was a capsule, and you would never risk cutting anybody on their neck. No, to get that. I mean, cutting forearms uh, or the forehead and stuff like that's different, but yeah, I, I, I just wonder if this is a new direction for Vince. Uh, it's been so preoccupied with the XFL, he doesn't know Pressure from AEW. I'm sorry, folks. English is a difficult language. Pressure from AEW is forcing Vince to change his direction. I do too. And you know, this way, he don't get blamed for it. Mm-hmm. He's with the XFL. Right. And I've, I've read where he's very regularly now involved in the SmackDown and Raw taping, mm-hmm. so or SmackDown and Raw event. So you know, with Triple H and doing that, if something falls negatively, it's going to fall back on. Next up, we had uh, the Street Profits against Mojo Raleigh and Riddick Moss. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought Riley 
and uh, Moss might have some potential as a tag team. My first time tag team up. Yeah. Obviously, that's out now, but they can maybe work a good match against each other. Maybe it's just a way to get them in the program. Yeah, I, I do like how the Street Profits came out and said, you know, your Gronks is B, you know, and everything. Yeah. And, and, you know, it wasn't for Gronk. You're riding Gronk's shirt tails or whatever it is. And people know they used to play football together in college or high school, whatever the case may yeah. be. But they were real close. You know, he went on WWE, Gronk went on the NFL. But, you know, to be honest with you, and Gronk made WrestleMania appearance because of him. You know, to help him win the uh, Andre Drive Memorial Battle Royal three years ago. Mm-hmm. Three, three years ago, whatever the case may be. But this to me, if they're going to do it, put, put you know, Mojo and uh, Riddick Moss together, I mean, they could be a good tag team. Mm-hmm. But you'll never know when you've got uh, these these gimmick things with uh, Seth Rollins, Buddy Murphy holding the titles, or, you know, like you said, a 24 7 championship. It just, some of these things just amaze me. Right. Then we had some promos going on where Becky Lynch refused to go to the hospital and wound up stealing the ambulance and driving her off herself. This was the dumbest thing I ever seen in my life. Yeah, this is. You know, it just, if she's going, you know, first of all, she's going to refuse medical attention. She's not going to get an ambulance and drive herself to the hospital to get medical attention. Right. I was just stupid. Come on, guys. I mean, if you're going to get medical attention, you're going to get it right then, right there at the stadium. Or you're going to refuse it and go away. You're not going to refuse medical attention and drive the ambulance to the hospital. I mean, what are we doing here, people? No, I mean, okay, first of all, she's losing a lot of blood. Mm -hmm. She's going to get an ambulance. One hand on a wheel, which is an ambulance is not easy to drive. One hand on a towel on the back of her neck driving away. It was just, this whole thing was just stupid. Yeah. They're trying to make her look like Stone Cold. Uh-huh. And I just think they're missing the boat, uh, the boat on this. And I think that, honestly, eventually they need to make her heal. There's a lot of fans, like I've said before, and the other podcasts are just not really buying into this whole uh, the man gimmick now. So. Okay, then we had an episode of the VIP Lounge with MVP hosting Drew McIntyre. You kind of see where this was headed. Yeah. They come out and dissing uh, Drew McIntyre and say that he needs a man like him, uh, like a Paul Heyman and everything. Like Drew said, you know, he can speak for himself, which he can. He's a great pro guy. He don't speak like a little child, like Brock Lesnar does when he speaks. So he don't need, you know, he don't need a promo guy. He don't need nobody. But you could tell the way they were being, uh, it was included there that they were actually headed for a uh, Claymore. Right. But I do like that move. He's got the glass nose kiss. Mm-hmm. Glasgow kiss with the headbutts. Yeah. That is a really, I, lo- I, lo- I love every move he's got. Mm-hmm. He is just an absolute fabulous wrestler. And this will, this will probably bring into a match next week between him and MVP, honestly. Could be. Maybe MVP's got one or two more matches in him. Yeah, but not for about 10 seconds. Okay. I didn't say good matches. No. Okay, next week we had Zena, uh, Zelina Vega and Angel Garza come out uh, showing video. And uh, before his match with Cedric Alexander, Herbert uh, okay. Correa come out and jumped him before the match. Yeah, this is uh, just to get him on TV. 
Yeah, I think the rivalry fresh in people's minds. Mm-hmm. You know, I just didn't. I just didn't understand why Cedric Alexander was out there just standing around. I mean, it just didn't give him nothing to do. Right. I put on the trucks. I put on the tape on his hands and stuff like that. Just go out there for for about five seconds. Well, about five minutes worth of just watching Humberto and Andrew Garza gonna fight. It just it was just stupid to me. I don't know how you felt, but it was just stupid. It is. And uh, then we had Rhea Ripley doing the interview. And yeah. she was called out by Sarah Logan for a match. And this match lasted approximately 40 seconds. Yeah. With Charlotte Flair, Flair at ringside. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. Uh, it was. <laughs> it was just to get introduced Rhea Ripley to Charlotte Flair. Yeah. And get it in people's minds because that's what, and people want to see that match. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And Charlotte made a good point. She wasn't accepting nothing because she don't even know if she's going to be champion after NXT mm-hmm. takeover. And I thought that was a good, uh, that was a good twist to it. You know, I'm not going to go ahead and accept you because I don't know if you're going to be the champion after takeover. Right. So I thought that was a good. Uh, a good storyline move because you don't want to accept it. Everybody knows Rhea's going to win. Yeah. This this gives some kind of intrigue to the NXT match now coming up tonight. I, uh, you know, I agree with you. This Sarah Logan, all she is is a joke. She can probably wrestle a lot better than this, but they're just, they're turning her into a joke. I think she's a lot better talent than that. I just, I don't like to see people be you know, just like Jolliver type things. I mean, she's getting paid, yeah, but I think, you know, maybe there could be a lot more to her. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't, you know, it's, it's just unreal. She basically looked like a jobber in this match, like I said. Uh, Rhea was distracted most of the time by Charlotte Flair, and still, she never got a move in. It was just total domination. It was. It was. Mm-hmm. And next up, we had a. Uh, Ricochet defeating Bobby Lashley. Ricochet getting quite the push lately. Yeah, I just I think the only reason he's getting that push is because they know he's going to have to wrestle Brock Lesnar uh, next. It's the 28th, I believe. 27th, 28th. Riyadh's Saudi Arabia. Riyadh or Saudi Arabia, whatever it is. And the thing about it, I think the only reason he's winning is because they're trying to push him to look like he may give a threat to Bobby, I mean, to Brock Lesnar. And, uh, by the way, guys, just to let you know, this whole Lana, Bobby Lashley thing's still ain't over with yet. And from what I read come Monday, it's going to be Bobby Lashley and Angel Garza versus Humberto Carrillo and Rusev. Right. So apparently this ain't all over with yet. I wish it was, but for goodness sakes, it ain't. Mm-hmm. Next up, we had uh, Randy Orton come out to do an interview and being interrupted by Matt Hardy. What do you think about this entire exchange? Hey, you know, everybody knows Matt Hardy. Uh, first of all, Matt Hardy and the Edge has been really good for me. I mean, maybe they made up ever since that whole Lita disaster. And if you don't know about it, please go back and just review things in the past about that. It was just a real-life event that happened that them two never became real close friends again. But, uh, you know, coming out, talking about how Edge, you know, 
they're the ones that made the table ladder and chair, blah, blah, blah. They're the innovators and, and everything. His contract's up in a couple months. I just think that this is just, uh, everybody knew Orton's going to snap at him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he gave him a one-man concerto, too. And the funny thing is, after a one-man concerto and getting beat up, he gets to wrestle this coming Monday again and no whole barred match. Yep. Which is it's hard. Apparently, he heals faster than Edge does. Mm-hmm. I think this yeah. is a way to just to beat up Matt Hardy and get him off TV. Yeah, because I he's probably he's, heading to AEW. Yeah, he's going... Uh, he's got a character called Broken Matt Hardy that was uh, established in Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Went to ROH, him and Jeff did for a couple of months to uh, help build that rivalry between them and the Young Bucks and now the Young Bucks at AEW. I can see him and then Jeff later on joining him to form the Hardy Boys again. So mm-hmm. down there. Yeah, so it's, it's been interesting, but... Yeah, I think this is it for Matt. If I, if I see another match with him, I'd be surprised. Yeah. Next up, we had Alistair Black against Tozawa. Uh, short match. Tozawa made it look like a jobber. Yeah. Again, another cryptic interview from Alistair Black talking about he's going to challenge. And... When is he going to challenge? Yeah. Who is he going we, to challenge? We, we keep talking. He, he's been talking about it. Let's see it. Let's see him go out and attack somebody, yeah. jump somebody, get in. Get into a decent program with somebody. His hand's dirty. Yeah. I mean, he's like, oh, first he's like, people are afraid to come knock on my door. I'm not going to wait. I'm going to go to them and pick a fight. Well, who is it going to be? Are you scared to pick a fight? I mean, because you haven't picked a fight yet. So it just just seems like this is a redundant interview. Uh, It's a deja vu type interview. It it just seems. Just go do it, man. You know, give, it, give him some fight. Give him somebody to wrestle because he's a very good, talented person. They don't need to be wasted here. Absolutely. Becky Lynch returned with the ambulance. Okay, Come no, out, hey. called out Shannon Baszler. We know they'll probably have a match next week or at least something will happen with them next week. Oh, yeah, there'll be something happen. And the thing about it is, here's what really just bothers me really wholeheartedly. is the fact she drove all the way back. Mm-hmm. Just to try to pick a fight with Shayna Baszler, yep. who wasn't even there when she left. Mm-hmm. She was already gone. Yep. So you're coming back to call a woman who's not even there. What sense does that make? Mm-hmm. It's just like I said, this whole thing, how it transpired and how, it, uh, how it's going with her and Shayna Baszler could have been handled a lot better. So, then we wrapped it up with the main event, the eight-man tag team match. Seth Rollins and Buddy Buddy Murphy and AOP against Viking Raiders, Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe. Wasn't that kind of a match, guys? No. Really chaotic. Huh? Really just really just more of a brawl, really chaotic in and out. Yeah. Yeah, that's all it was. It was more like a gang street fight type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Seth picking up the win. Yeah. Or Seth hitting the stomp. I believe that was the end of the night and somebody, Buddy Murphy, pinning them or... Or how they end and go again? Yeah, I believe we're getting it right. Yeah, and then uh, it's always just a one, two, three. I mean, yeah. it was just ridiculous. You know, everybody Murphy knew somehow, some way they were going to. You know, and then at last shot was Kevin Owens. You know, blowing his beard, frustrated because he can't. You know, really get his hands on Seth Rollins. It's going to a match between Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. Yeah. That's what it all boils down to. And, and I, 
for me, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I like to see it. I would too. I mean, really good. Them two work well together, and they want to, but Kevin Austin's on a great match list. Should be an entertaining match. Yep. What'd you think about the night overall? First of all, yeah, out of five, I gave it two. Mm-hmm. It could have been a lot better. Some of these views could have been, I mean, Charlotte came out with Rhea Ripley. It didn't say that much, but it had a, more of an overwhelming effect. And Shannon Baszler coming out by Becky Lynch's neck. If that says anything, to me, it less is more. Mm-hmm. And her by the neck just to get her attention, you know, kind of with a steel chair or something. Yeah, you know, I just. Right. And I don't know. I mean, if you're going to show blood, show blood busting somebody up to the head with a steel chair, you know? Mm-hmm. This whole vampire thing, I just, I just, I don't get, I don't like. But, I mean, how do you feel about it? Out of a five, what do you give it? Yeah, uh, probably about a two, two and a half. Yeah, we were. Was it, like I said, the only, the only really strong match as far as the wrestling perspective, like I said, was Oscar and Becky Lynch. I mean, it was nice to see Shayna on Raw. I'll get that. It was time for her to come up. Yeah, but me and you both, you said it a week before. Yeah. That we knew she was going to come up. Mm-hmm. But we didn't know which one should be challenging, whether it be Becky and Lance or Bailey. If it is Becky and Lance, you know, maybe it would be a triple threat match. Or if it's Bailey, you know, she's going to dominate Bailey. It's one of the things where Bailey is not strong enough. You know, they've already had the face or pin or. Uh, Becky Lynch and Triple Threat match Survivor Series, so that wasn't a challenge. Right. But the thing was, it had been her and Becky, so. Yeah, All right, guys, and that's our raw review, and we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back with uh, NXT. All right, guys. Okay, guys, we're back here on the Wrestling Road. We got back here. We got Dave back with us again. Hey, guys, do I my peeps? And we're ready to talk some NXT. Okay, this is the last uh, Wednesday show before the TakeOver Portland pay-per-view, or it's not really a pay-per-view, it just streams on the network now, but... Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, uh, there's been talks that WWE stuff when it's like they're losing, like, blood. You know, if you want to be a person in terminally ill condition, you're, you're losing a lot of blood off this. And uh, so a lot of uh, been talk about uh, maybe Vince have on, uh, you know, in Amazon or uh, Netflix or some kind of other streaming service deal with this and pay them a percentage and the uh, money to actually take over this streaming service. would be an interesting development. It would be, having somebody else's hands in this. And uh, a lot of investors are upset because uh, right now they're just not making enough money. So, you know, it's all for naught. I think that they should go back the way it was. The streaming service on new, on new, uh, on new events. Let them pay for the pay per view and the streaming for old services or old events. Let them go on Netflix or something. Just look at that. Yeah. But that's my opinion. I mean, you know, if I'm gonna make the if I'm gonna make the money, if I got a solid product, that's probably what I would do. Right. So. Okay. So we we opened up with a. Uh... Roderick Strong coming out, cutting a pro ball, calling out Velveteen Dream after the Dream showed up, uh, attacked uh, the uh, Undisputed Era last week with tights that featured Strong's wife and son on it. 
What What do you think? Funny? You're going too far? Well, what, what are we thinking here? Enigma wrapped in a riddle. Uh, I like Velveteen Dream. Yeah. I like his character. I like his flamboyance. And if you ever, if you ever want to see one person wrestle, watch him. Mm-hmm. He uh, he has moves like the Macho Man, Hogan, a different kind of moves. He wears Hogan's weight belt out, not Hogan's particular weight belt, but he wears a weight belt that represents like Hogan. It's just a really good wrestler. Really yeah. good interviews, everything. They wound um, up wrestling Bronson Reed when yeah. Bronson Reed came out and called him out. Yeah, uh, let me tell you, Roderick Strong, this would be a heck of a match between him and uh, Velveteen. Uh, Velveteen Dream. Yeah, he got the first damn glove with the man. Well, yeah, I don't think he did. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> I would take a, I'd take offense if somebody called out my wife and my kids. So, uh, I mean, what do you think? I mean, you know. I mean, I was fine with it as long as Strong's family's okay with it. And obviously, they were. Obviously, yeah, they it's clear were. ahead of time. It's a gimmick. It's a, it's, a, uh, it's a promo. I mean, most times they go over this with their family and stuff beforehand. Yeah. And obviously, like you said, they wouldn't be in the building. They wouldn't be going along with it. Whatever the case may be. If they weren't, I just think it's funny how everything brings it in, you know. Mm-hmm. It's flamboyant, you know. And I don't know. It just seems like, you, you know. After he gets done with Roderick Strong, he's going to make his wife, you know, fall in love with him. And that yeah. be his woman and his kid, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I didn't think they went too far with it. No, it I just think it's funny. I, you know, honestly, I, I like the front of them. Yeah. It really gets in the head. I mean, people will say what they want to for the psychology here. It's really spot on. And getting Roderick Strong so mad, you know, you know it, it was really good. What do you think about the actual match with Reed? Uh, with uh, Belveteen Dream and Reed? No, Roderick Strong and Reed. Oh, yeah, it was a really good match. Uh, you know, Roderick Strong was a really good wrestler. Yes. I like him. I always liked him before he became an industry there. So, you know, it was a really good match. Bronson Reed has some growing to do, I think. You know, him showcasing every week is the right step. Because, yeah. I mean, Triple H wouldn't put you on there every week if he wasn't in the right not step going forward. Right. But they're on a pretty strong show, and you know, Roderick Strong, like I said, you know, he come up with a one, two, three, and and Roderick Strong is is a really good, talented wrestler. I mean, like I said, it'd be a really good match with him and Velveteen. Yeah. Next up, we had a uh, Candice LaRue yeah. and uh, Dakota Kai. Guys, just just to be clear, Candice LaRue, if you're if you're picking up with all this NXT and stuff, you know, I like to give fun facts there. Candice LaRue is actually married to Johnny Gargano. So, let people know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cass LaRue versus Dakota Kai. You, you know, nobody's going to think, okay, first of all, Dakota Kai is not losing this match. Right. Okay, if she lost it because of disqualification, we try to take it overboard. But she's never going to lose this match. Not close to takeover against Tim Knox. Right. So, what, what she's going to do is she's going to win. Whether yeah. she wins by disqualification when Tim Knox comes in and jumps her, or whether she takes out uh, Cass LaRue, and, and that's what happened. Yeah. yeah. Kodakai's a really good... When they made her a bad guy, which I've seen coming, and we had the podcast, I just told everybody this, you know, you kind of see it coming for weeks, you know, and, it, and everybody knows it. If you're in a wrestling, you see it coming for weeks. 
sometimes it don't ever get there. Sometimes they have changed the plans or whatever, but, you know, it's all good. I think Dakota Kai's a really good heel. I like this, uh, I like this whole direction between her and uh, Tegan Knox right now. Right. So. It was a good match, and like I said, uh, we did have uh, Tegan Knox come out and get into it with Kai afterwards to set up their match uh, yeah. and take over. is a match that uh, kind of surprised me and how good it was. Yeah. I'll be honest. I started out and then talking about Johnny Gargano and Cameron Grimes. Yeah, Cameron Grimes is just a really extremely talented guy. He's from North Carolina. He is uh, Burlington, North Carolina. He is North Carolina. And just a whole backwards uh, gambler type uh, persona. I thought that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Really good wrestler. Yeah. But then again, you're not going to beat Johnny Gargano right next to the Portland takeover. No, no. He was never going to win. But I admit, when this match started, I was playing a game on my phone. And I I had to wind up, rewind it, and rewatching the whole thing. I was really impressed by this match. It was really one of my favorite matches of the week. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, and Johnny Gargano, whoever he wrestles, I don't matter who he wrestles. It's just like, he has a great match no matter who it is. Gargano wound up winning uh, by submission. In this match, yeah, but, uh, I forget what it's called. Uh, uh, sorry, guys, it's the Gargano or something. I can't remember what it is. But anyway. The Gargano Lock, I believe it's called. Oh, I'm sorry? Gargano Lock, is that what it's called? Gargano Lock, yeah, yeah. something like that. I can't remember. Well, Next, we had uh, the number one contender for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship was Angel Garza and Leo Rush.
or in in the main roster just to say, okay, we're going to go ahead and let you wrestle for the cruiserweight title. I just didn't see that happening. So uh, you know, I mean, we're a pretty good match, though. Yeah, I thought it's better than what I thought it would be. I'll put it like that. It was. Uh, Leo Rush wound up winning, and afterwards, uh, Jordan Devlin come out and challenged. All right, I guess they talked each up an angle. This was for the number one contender match, Devlin's belt. Yeah, which will happen yeah. next week. Devlin's a really good wrestler. He uh, mm-hmm. he wrestles, I think, in the UK. I think he travels each of them, or whatever the case may be. So, you know, I like it'd be a good match. I'll put it like that, guys. Mark Henry did a video promo here talking about the upcoming match with Keith, Keith Lee and uh, Dominic Dajakovic. Yeah. And uh, he made a point about big men in wrestling today and how they seem to be much more agile and much more pure wrestlers than before. I mean, you know, back in the old days, we go all the way back in wrestling. Big yeah. dudes were just big dudes. King, yeah. Kong King Kong Bundy, Big John Stud, Typhoon. These were just big dudes with no real wrestling ability. Little bit of might skills, maybe, but right. now you got big guys doing cartwheels in the ring, they're coming off the top rope, they're actually executing wrestling moves. The quality of the big men has really, really stepped forward. Oh, I totally agree. I mm-hmm. think Mark Henry did it right. Mark Henry couldn't do what they did, you know. I was about to say, Mark Henry's one of those guys he was talking about. Oh, man, like, what? world's strongest man, but not yeah, much he, else. But he, but he used here's the thing. One of the biggest men I know of, mm-hmm. Big Van Vader, could actually do some of these moves. Yeah, I mean, he moves all the time. very athletic, very... Mm-hmm. But, you know, the thing about it is very rare. Nowadays, you have more of an upside of athleticism than you did back then. And back then, you knew how to handle your big man better than you do now. Right. So it's like a, it's like a trade-off, okay? Mm-hmm. We're going to go ahead and give you the athleticism. But when you see Andre Giant come walking down the rink... Mm-hmm. You'd be scared you'd run away. Same thing yeah. with Big John Studd or anybody else. You knew you're going to get your butt whipped. So, you know, you'd either pit up, you get your butt kicked. I mean, it was more like a brawl type thing. It wasn't a brawl, it was just be maybe you down. Yeah. This one, it's just like Keith Lee comes down the ring, and it's just like Adam Cole just taking him down. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, we're going to take you out. Uh, you know, it's just to me, the big man has beard. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, nowadays, as they were back then, on the upside, except for Braun Strowman. Strowman doesn't have the, and I'm not saying he agile. He is, he's pretty agile. Mm-hmm. He can run pretty good. But I just think there's, uh, he's more of a big man, like yeah. a big show in them, than a Keith uh, Lee or Dominic Dutchkovic. Yeah, Roman Reigns kind of more, maybe in the he's not quite as athletic as some of these other guys, but he does move. He, he is quicker and faster than most of the big guys back in the day. Yeah, yeah. and you know, if you actually give his, I mean, a lot of his, I mean, yeah, it's these spots. Like, Vince always tells people he wants to see these spots and matches, or whatever the case may be. Right. I'm going to tell you, the man can really wrestle if you really get the right down to it. Mm-hmm. It's just he's not being given the chance. He's significantly improved a lot over the past couple of years. He has. I mean... I mean, yeah. at first I thought it was just Kevin Nash because I thought Nash was another one of those guys who was just big. Yeah. I think he's really st- gotten better. I think so. Okay, then, you know, it's quite, 
constantly improve after that. Yeah. The oh. next matchup was Bianca Belair against Santana Garrett. Belair, of course, won pretty quickly here. Yeah. Uh, you had Rhea Ripley coming out and uh, getting attacked. Yeah, it was, uh, you know. With the KOD. I'm going to tell you all something, guys. It, it's uh, been just been ladies. And I'm going to tell you, I know you can attest to this. When a person gets beat up before a pay-per-view, usually the other person will win at the pay-per-view. Simple as that. 90% of the time that happens. Am I correct? Yes. So when Bianca Belair beat up, unless it's a traumatic injury where you just beat them up with a steel chair, they come down at the pay-per-view. They lose because of the injuries. Yeah. It's like a superhuman. They got down there and they fought anyway, but they just couldn't prevail. Yeah. Unless that kind of match happens, they usually, if somebody just gets randomly beat up, uh, you know, the other person will win. And, and that's what I said. Bianca Belair is a really good wrestler. It's just, it, me and you both predicted a couple weeks back, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, it's not going to change. Yeah. It would surprise me now if Bianca Belair wins tonight. And you then, don't think Charlotte calls Rhea Ripley the the match because she hasn't declared, and then maybe has a match with Rhea Ripley at a Super Showdown, and then goes to WrestleMania against Bianca Belair. I mean that could happen, or make it a three way. Three way is possible too. Yeah, I mean, I mean anything can happen there. Mm-hmm. Or at the end of the match, if Rhea Ripley wins, Charlotte just becomes out on stage and just. Except right then and there. Exactly. Maybe be in the ring, maybe jump her from behind after she went in a match and then accepts. That'd be interesting. To me, that would be an interesting ending to that. You know, after the match, Bear Ripley's, uh, you know, posing with Todd or whatever, celebrating, and, and uh, Charlotte Flair comes in, you know, just levels her. Right. With a big boot to the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, you know, grabs the mic and says, I accept. Exactly. That would be a good. That would be a good solid, you know, to that to keep that match off. Yeah. So. Now they were running a series of video packages through the night with uh, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunn trying to make their way to Portland. Eventually, stowing away on Triple H's private jet. It was stupid. I thought the whole thing was stupid. Yeah, there, yeah, there was, was no like, point to this. It makes people think that the pros are stupid. Yeah. I mean, do you really want to have that angle if you're like the dumbest tag team in the world going in to take over challenge for the tag team belts because you're so dumb you can't win the belts? Again, it, it just drew me back to 80s gimmicky angles. Yeah. That I, I thought we were past now. I was hoping we were past now. I was hoping to. I mean, this ain't like a, you know, this was a crossover. It wasn't even DX just in general. Uh, DX is uh, level. Because DX would do it, uh, they would bring that flamboyant, the uh, whatever the case may be, to an angle like this, you know, where we're lost and crap like that. This is just playing flat out being dumb. And to me, I just, like you said, the 80s, even part 90s gimmicky, you know, and we all thought we were past it, but apparently uh, somebody, somebody, Thought it'd be funny. Somebody thought it would be, you know, hey, let's let's have a laugh here. We can't have wrestle, but let's have a laugh here, you know. Mm-hmm. I, you we know. said we wanted to go back to old school wrestling. That's not what we meant. No, that's not what we meant. 
And so I, I agree with you. I think this was uh, really, really bad. Yeah. And the main event we had Adam Cole defending uh, the title. Oh, I'm sorry, it was an untitled match against Kushida. Really good match, though. Yeah. Um, hey, come on, guys. You really mean to tell me that Adam Cole out there that's going to lose a match during takeover Portland? Yeah. This ain't going to happen. But Adam Cole's a really good wrestler. My father's Chris Ring of Honor uh, for NXT. He's just a really good wrestler. Yeah. I like at the end where him and Tommaso Ciampa face to face. Yeah, exactly. We're really looking forward to the match too at a takeover. Yeah, I think it'll be a brutal match. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know they are two excellent wrestlers that put on a heck of a show, and this should be the main event, guys, at takeover. Exactly. Just let y'all know. Recap, guys. I'm gonna tell you right now. I have a possible five. I gave it a four, and the reason I gave it a four is because that whole scenes with Matt Riddle and uh, Pete Dunne and, and a couple of intricacies that could have been better. I, I just think I gave it a four out of five. Yeah, I mean the Bob Bianca uh, Belair match could be could have been better. Yeah, it was quick. Like I thought uh, the Broser dudes are silly. Like I said, there were some good matches here. Overall, I thought the best WWE show of the week. It was. Mm-hmm. One of the best. Yep. But I mean, four out of five, uh, you know, really good. It's hard yeah. to get a five out of five. Right. I mean, you got you got to go above gone for, for us to lay a perfect on you, a first five star. Exactly. I mean, but. Exactly. But they should be happy with four. All right. So we're going to take a short break and we're going to be back and we'll uh, wrap up the week in WWE with uh, SmackDown before moving on to AEW. Okay, well, okay, guys, we're back here on the wrestling row. Uh, we've got Dave still with us here. Hey, guys. And we're going to track down a WWE SmackDown. Yeah, this is uh, the last couple of weeks I've been watching the best, has it? No, it hasn't. Well, or SmackDown, but SmackDown in particular, it's supposed to be the uh, number one show now on the WWE. It's a flagship. Flagship show now. Yeah, the flagship's sinking, if you ask me. It is sinking big time. I mean, wow. They took all the big names off of Raw and put them on SmackDown. I mean, you're looking at Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, King Corbin, Daniel Bryan, uh, The Fiend. The, you know, the Usos. It just goes on and on. But my point is, guys, if you take all that much talent and put it on a flagship show, and it's only two hours, which you should be able to put out some great content in two hours. Three hours is hard to put out great content. You're gonna have a few, a lot of intricacies in that three hours, so you gotta have, gotta have it to adjust for that. Back in the old days in the '90s, come on, guys, how many hours was uh, a Raw program was only two hours? When when Raw was war and the Attitude Era was two hour programming before SmackDown, that was before SmackDown. Then they made SmackDown, which is the Rock Show, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it, it's just. Uh, you know, these two hours was a waste. Yep. Waste of my time, waste of your time, waste of everybody's time. And it wasn't no closer to finding out which is which. Mm-hmm. I know your boy made a comeback in Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> we well, are reliving the 90s. Yeah. Well, uh, Go ahead. SmackDown wanted to get the the good part of the program out of the way really quickly so they could get to the nonsense. So we yeah. started out with a moment of bliss with <laughs> Carmella. Yeah. And then that led that to Bailey coming out and interrupting her interview and having a match. And I thought clearly the best match of the night 
one of the better matches of the week I saw, and the only real highlight for me yeah. was, was this match. It's Carmella versus Bailey. Yes. It was okay. It was a good match, honestly. Uh, Carmella usually don't wrestle that well. She must be training really well. I thought it was a really good match. Really good end. Mm-hmm. Kind of shocked me there. I thought ba- I thought she might pull up an upset. Therefore, a minute, oh, minute oh, it had you I wondering. Have a new women's and then I have to remember, no, that's reserved for probably Naomi at WrestleMania or at Super Showdown, whatever the case may be. And kind of Carmella getting back into the mainstream. She, I thought it was kind of upset when she won the four-way No More Contenders match last week. I did, too. I thought actually Naomi was going to win it. I thought it was a lock for Naomi, yes. I did, too. But make no mistake about it, next, Sunday, next Friday, it's going to be Naomi versus Carmella for the No More Contenders match. Yeah. We're at the Bailey at Super Showdown. Uh, honestly, uh, either Naomi's going to win or Bailey's going to interrupt the match and it's going to be a triple threat match at Super Showdown. Yeah. One, two ways. It ain't going to be a, a rematch of Carmella versus Bailey. Mm-hmm. We can just put that out of your minds, guys. It'd be a shocker if it was, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm pretty 99.9 for sure. So, you know, percent chance. I mean, I mean, this match was almost 30 minutes. Yeah, that was almost that was a quarter of the Dagum program. Yeah, well, I missed the only decent wrestling they had, but yeah, um, that was that was the most legitimate wrestling. They and had. of course, That's afterwards, bad. Bailey uh, took a cheap shot on Carmella, and Naomi come out. They teamed up against her, and that said, what you probably said. The end of it was kind of weird, but you know, I could see, yeah. I could see Naomi coming out and you know helping her out or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you remember Carmella accidentally hit Naomi or something. Yeah. And I thought Naomi and her was going to get into it. Yeah, yeah, she hit I, Bailey, not Bailey in the Naomi, I think. Yeah, that's what it was. So I thought they might actually get into it. And yeah. It was, and it was more like, hey, I, I, go against a common enemy here. And that would have been a great way to set up a three-way match. It was. It would be a great way. I mean, I like it. I like okay. the idea. I just think that Bailey should head into WrestleMania as a champion. Okay. He's the strongest one of the three. Yeah, absolutely. Um the commentators made a comment about how ba- Bailey doesn't get the credit she deserves. If your time's champion, having a long reign, having one money in the bank, the first I believe the first woman's money in the bank match. She was. Uh, if I am mistaken. Carmella was the first uh, winner of the money in the bank match. Carmella was first in the bank. Yeah. Bailey, but Bailey's had such a great year, she don't get the credit due. Right. I mean, she's such an underrated, I mean, you know, Four horsewomen of NXT, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Bailey. Out of the four, Bailey was the one that was overlooked. Mm-hmm. Right now, I guess it's been overlooked. Bailey. Yeah. But they're a really good match. I mean, I like her. Mm-hmm. I like the attitude she had. I like the match she had with Charlotte Flair the first time around where she uh, actually cheated, hit her head up against the exposed turnbuckle, and this was like five months ago or so. One that, you know, kept the women's title on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Uh, next month or so on pay-per-view, Charlotte comes out and wins it. And then the next same exact on Friday night before the draft, uh, uh, Bailey wins it back. Yeah. So I think the quality of matches, Bailey can put up some quality matches. Absolutely. And not only is she a good guy, I mean, not only does she play a fan, fan favorite well, but she plays a bad guy really well as well. Exactly. So... And not, not too many few people can do that. Few wrestlers in all of history have, have been as good as Warren. Uh, I mean, pretty much everybody at one point or another has done it. Yeah. But but to do it at a high level on both sides is really rare. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you, Ric Flair was at, the, at his best when he was a heel. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I'm not saying he didn't do well as a good guy because he did win titles as a good guy, but he turned heel right after that. Yeah. So it wasn't like, hey, I won a title or whatever. Uh, I thought Stone Cold was better as a as a fan favorite than he was a heel. Yeah. Uh, Hulk Hogan pulled it off. I think it was seen by Hollywood Hogan. Yeah. Hollywood was, it was Hogan, a great heel. Yeah, really good heel. I thought he played it better. Sting could never be a bad guy because he ain't got the persona to play a bad guy. He couldn't pull uh, it off. Booger was a good guy. I mean, it was a pretty good, uh, as both good and bad. Lex played both sides well, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, another person is Triple H. Triple H, yes. Yeah, so um, I liked him both as a good guy and bad guy. And Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't forget about HBK. He is really. And Bret Hart, if we really mm-hmm. want to go out to it. Really? He was awesome with the Hart Foundation when they had uh, Owen Hart and Jimmy Animal Mount Hart and. Rich Bulldog and Brian Pillman against Stone Cold and his faction there, or his taging partners. That was a really good time for Bill Hart when he had his whole family as the Hart Foundation. Yeah. And he was the most he was the most hated wrestler of of any program at that particular time. Him and Hogan was up for it. Uh-huh. And I felt like those two right there could either be a really big fan favorite and have everybody cheer for you. Or be the most hated wrestlers because you're so much liked. When you turn heel, you got to have that, you know, barometer where you go straight across. Exactly. And I felt like both of them hit it really well. So. Yeah, now back to SmackDown card. All right, guys. <laughs> well, we got off a little bit in the weeds there. Yeah, that was, that was the most exciting part of the week is what we discussed right now after the Bailey Carmella match. Yeah, it's going downhill from here, trust us. Yeah. And next we had the handicap match with uh, Shorty G and Apollo Crews taking on Sheamus. Yeah, Sheamus wins. It, uh, this is like yeah. a match of Drew McIntyre. At least OC was a regular tag team. Yeah. When he beat him, I, I just felt like that was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Sheamus beating up uh, Shorty G and, and Apollo, that, that really, I mean, it didn't surprise me much. Uh, honestly, Sheamus is a beast. I just don't like this uh, handicap match where, you know, people can beat up two men at one time. And if, if they, they act like it's real easily done. Mm-hmm. I just don't get that, you know. It's I mean, just a cheap way to try to get somebody over. Yeah. And, and I didn't think Drew McIntyre needed it, and I'm not really sure Sheamus needed that. No. They're already above and beyond. Yeah. They don't need to be pushed as much as... Uh, other people do, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Next up, we had the uh, promo with Hulk Hogan being interviewed and now seen uh, being introduced in WWE Hall of Fame twice to sign for uh, the NWO. Yeah. And, of course, he was interrupted by The Fiend. <laughs> Tell me, Bray Wyatt was not hilarious in this one. Th- this was another highlight of it. I, I was thinking matches uh, when I said that only the Carmelo Bailey, but this was a good. Yeah. They come out playing the belt as a guitar, like Hulk, and Hulk's like, uh, you know, what brother? You gonna get? You gonna get Goldberg, brother? Right. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what, brother. If you're lucky if the Fiend don't put you on that wall. Uh-huh. <laughs> because the Fiend is awesome. Yeah. This is one of the best gimmicks Bray Wyatt's ever had. I mean, mm-hmm. when he first came out, Bray just the Bray Wyatt gimmick was awesome. But tell me, this is not an awesome gimmick. It really is. Well, at first, I was worried this was just going to be a cheap Undertaker ripoff. 
but he's really taking it in a different direction. Yeah, this is his own character, his own thing. Right. And I, I like it that the way he's doing it's his own uh, signature on this, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Next up, we were uh, treated to a protest concert by uh, oh, Sami God, Zayn yeah. and Cesaro. Cesaro. Cesaro, sorry. Yeah. It's like putting cats in a bag. Yeah. And just shaking them. Because all you're doing is hear a screech. And here comes Elias. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just, you knew it was coming when they said something about a concert. You knew Elias was going to be out there. Yeah. In some manner, way, shape, or form. Uh, I wanted to get over this whole thing with Sami Zayn and all that. I, I, I don't know. I, to me, I just think it's uh, ridiculous. What about you? Well, he's certainly getting good heat as a heel, but... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about Elias? He's obviously over with the fans. He's a, he gets a huge pop. You know... But, he, but he uh, doesn't do much in the ring. Okay, he was here when he, when he first came up, right? Right. Turn fan favorite. The fans loved him. Mm-hmm. They didn't do nothing with him. They yeah. went title didn't do nothing. Mm-hmm. They turned him heel again. Yep. Comes to SmackDown. He's done really well. He got injured. Now he comes back as a fan favorite... Give him something because this man is way over, like you said, with the fans. Right. Uh, he's hated by the fans when he's a heel, not, but not as bad as, let's say, King Corbin. Yeah. So if you're going to do that, give him a title, give him some kind of high profile match to beat somebody with. Mm-hmm. FYI, guys, there's a lot of rumors that he's going to be pressing John Cena at WrestleMania this year. Fan favorite versus fan favorite. It looks like Elias may be going over. Yeah. I mean, if you can get a match with Cena at WrestleMania, that's big time. That's big time, and to see him win going over would be even better. Yeah. That'd be the high-profile push he needs. Mm-hmm. Okay, next up, folks, uh, just this just remind, we try to keep this podcast PG, and we try to keep it clean <laughs> without some cursing. So with that in mind, I'm going to let you handle this whole Otis Dana, uh, uh, Dana uh, Mandy Rose. Yeah. We talked about this a month ago. Mm-hmm. When we started this podcast. We felt like heavy machinery was due to take on Rude and uh, Ziegler. Rude was out. Mm-hmm. So we thought, well, you know. And then when he came back, it was this whole thing with Ziegler and Rude versus Bustos. Now seeing Ziegler sitting there with Mandy Rose because Otis was getting ready for his date. He was late. He sees him. He's heart broke. First of all, whoever cheers for this is... I'm sorry for you guys. I really am. You need a life. Second of all, you do not know what what that I'm wrestling is. Keep this out of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And third of all, now we're going to see the heavy machinery versus the uh, Rude Ziggler, and I guarantee you when it first comes out, it's going to be like, okay, Sonya Deville told off Ziggler where she was at, mm-hmm. and she's the one that wants to break her notice of it. It's going to be a whole... Six-person six match at WrestleMania. Wait and see. Yeah, I thought Heavy Machinery had some potential. Uh, I like the idea of them being blue-collar legit. But yep. still playing Otis, Otis off as just being silly. Yeah. I mean, they, they should just yeah. pull them off to just a couple of blue-collar, hard-working guys. Yeah. Trying to make it, you know, common men doing all they can. That's Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. I mean, that, and that. All-American dream. And so, yeah. Okay, moving on. Uh. We got to after that. Yeah, we, we, okay. got, we, we, we don't waste oh, your time on that nonsense. Oh. WWE wastes your time on it. We won't. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. <laughs> that came on mm-hmm. is the moment. And, guys, 
I got a school coming to count right now. So the moment that came on, I started focusing on my homework, and I could hear it out of the corner of my ear. And actually, when I looked up every once in a while, I was like, oh, crap, no. And I went right back <laughs> to doing my homework. So, guys, if you have something else to do in that kind of segment, do it. Pay a little bit of attention to it because it ain't worth your whole time. Right. Okay, then we wrap the event up with uh, Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan against uh, – well, I'm sorry, this is from – well, I done ruined it. It's supposed to have been John Morrison and The Miz against Roman Reigns and a mystery partner, which turned out to be Daniel Bryan, which we could probably see coming up because he had a little bit of beef with The Miz just a couple weeks ago. pretty well good match. And correct me wrong, Miz and Morrison, though, here's the thing I did like. Miz and Morrison should have went over here. Yeah. They should have been Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns even – even if they got disqualified, because right. Corbin's already out there. Mm-hmm. King Corbin, of course, well, was announced. I make them lose this close to Super Showdown. Right. But they're wrestling for the fact they built against the uh, New Day when you can't beat Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan, who's not a regular tag team. Right. That's what I'm telling you, folks. I don't like these put together tag teams, and they're giving them gold, or they're mm-hmm. doing this. These tag teams are put together for a reason. First of all, everybody's saying Miz and Morrison was just put together. Guys, do your research. Miz and Morrison wasn't just put together. They were tag team champions 10 years ago or so. So do your research, first of all. Second of all, this is a really good tag team. Put in a match, just a gimmicky match for no other golly reason, just, just to focus on Roman Reigns right now. And the Usos. And King Corbin and that still case match so what other way to do it put them in a tag team match so we can get jumped at the end of it yeah. like kind of makes me wonder if why the crap Roman Reigns and wrestle single match here mm-hmm. you know just same effect same thing could happen but you could have went over on somebody <laughs> instead of putting him and Dale Bryan over on Miz and Morrison yeah. I just didn't I, who's the real losers here because Roman Reigns, it don't look like he's strong enough to be King Corbin after the beatdown he took. Which, it, it would have happened. But he, he's, he's getting put over in a tag team match, not a singles match. He's a singles wrestler. Okay, and he's supposed to be vying for the title. They're putting Miz and Morrison down. So they're going for the tag team goals should they be number one in the computer. What do you think about this? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like I said, it was a great chance to put them over. Uh, it just wasn't handled right. Oh. This Roman Reigns, King Corbin thing can't seem to die. I mean, I mean, we thought it came to a head at Royal Rumble and then the smack well, after Royal Rumble and then one more match. And Yeah, I told you, don't be, don't be surprised because the way WWE likes to outdraw some of these matches. Uh-huh. And this is one of them, all right? Yeah. Here's a quick question for you. Guys, Super Showdown's coming up. Goldberg versus Fiend. Uh-huh. I'm going to give you my prediction. Goldberg's going to come out the winner. He's going to be the new Universal Champion. Let me tell you the reason why. There you go. Universal Folks, we got a hot take in here. Huh? we got a hot take in here. I tell you, Goldberg versus Roman Reigns, WrestleMania, Universal title, Roman Reigns going to destroy him. Mm-hmm. Me, personally, I want to see Roman Reigns versus The Fiend. Yes, this is a much better match. Yeah, but, you know, if, if I'm betting, man, with some of these storylines Vince does and you know, recycle stuff. Yeah. We had the same instance when Goldberg won the title against Brock Lesnar. He ended up wrestling Brock Lesnar again at WrestleMania, which he lost. Right. Same thing. Brock Lesnar wrestled the Fiend. The 
the Fiend's already beat Daniel Bryan. Guess what? The Fiend versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania without the gold, Daniel Bryan wins. Mm-hmm. It's just the underdog story. Gets one more time. Boom, he gets to wrestle. Daniel Bryan don't cost the Fiend the title to wrestle. I mean, at the Super Showdown. Right. I don't know. Call me crazy. But, uh, but then again, I'll be honest with you guys. I like to see Goldberg get uh, mandible clawed and knocked out and just be put on a stretcher on out. If you want to through it, I hope the thing just tears them apart. All you Goldberg fans out there, it was a never was, never has been, never will be wrestler. Just let you know. Now, we, we, I, the wrestler like thing, <laughs> thing they, they announced uh, we're going to get an interview, I guess, with Lacey Evans next week. Find out what she's been up to that after. That may be the best part of the day. I'm SmackDown next week. It, it may be because she's been absent since Royal Rumble. Yeah, she has. Uh, this segment, I gave it a one and a half out of five. Yeah. It was really bad. It, it was just, I think it's worse than Raw. Mm-hmm. And Raw had three hours, so that kind of uh, gives them an extra hour to play with. Yeah. So, I mean, what'd you think? I gave it about a two and a uh, two because I like the, the uh, Carmella Bailey match, I think, better than most. Oh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. That's why I'm giving it a one and a half. Mm-hmm. The other, excuse me, the other thing I just didn't understand. Yeah. Uh, Otis and them, you know, we we knew about it, it, it the first day it was going to happen on mm-hmm. the 14th, which is Friday. And, I mean, I don't know. I think the Roman Reigns and Mystery Partner versus, uh, you know, uh, Miz and Morrison, I think that, that, could, that whole tag team should have been handled differently. Yeah. But you're right. I give it a two, two. And I'm the two reasons why, guys, I forgot. The whole uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, the Hogan Wyatt thing was just yeah. an unbelievable segment. If you've got time, if you miss SmackDown, please go to YouTube and please check out all the Bailey versus Carmella match from February 14, 2020, but also the Bray Wyatt Hulk Hogan interview. You will, uh, you'll be impressed. And guys, like always, if you haven't already, subscribe, like our uh, podcast. Uh, go ahead and uh, subscribe to it. Mm-hmm. And check us out on Twitter and send us some feedback. All right, and I'll wrap up our SmackDown review. We'll be back with some AEW. All right. And we're back here on the Wrestling Road uh, with our AEW segment for the week. We got Dave with us. Guys, we welcome you to the unscripted, unedited, unbiased version. Of any kind of wrestling program, because we don't care whether you like it, whether you don't like it. It's the truth how we perceive things. And uh, like I said, we have the amendment on our side, freedom of speech. Right. So what do we have, Jeff? Well, we're starting off with uh, AEW. Uh, start off with a uh, dark order uh, promo. Not much going on there, just the usual. But yeah, oh, the oh. usual. I want you come join us. Blah blah blah. Right. But we uh. Start off with a really good match to open the show, a tag team title match with uh, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page and his trusty beer taking on SCU. I thought it was a good match to open. Uh, Hangman Page and uh, Omega won, but there was a lot of action in this match all the way through. I thought it was a good good way to start it off. I mean, you both talked about this, and I know people who's uh, eventually a lot of you subscribe and hand hand at the shameless plot there. Uh, we want you to know this. Okay, A, number one, most of our predictions does come true. B, you can tell what happens and C, we 
told you that Kenny Omega and Hangman Page will eventually implode, explode, whatever. Uh, this is what's going to happen. I mean, they won, yeah. We predicted last week they would win. But ultimately, they would lose the belts probably to the Young Bucks. And then it's going to be Omega versus Hangman, probably, and Hangman going over. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you not foresee that, or how do you foresee it? I do. I, I think that's the absolute income. Because you want to push Hangman Page, but you want to push him as a heel now. Right. Because he's being perceived. But does Hangman Page, does he not uh, remind you of any particular one? Redneck, beer drinker, uh, into the fans drinking their beer. Hmm, who could you be talking about now? I Let's don't think know. real hard on that. Somebody from West Texas? I don't yeah. know. Somebody fond of rattlesnakes. I think so. Yeah. Very fond. Te- Texas rattlesnakes. Yeah. Of course, you know, you have the same uh, person they used to call that person's matches, you know, JR. Yeah. But we're not going to say anything about that. There's no direct correlation. Not at all. But, you know, so you felt like this match at a possible five, how do you give it? A four and a half. It was a really great match. It really yeah. I, I do the same thing. Four and a half. Uh, SCU puts on a good show every time they do. Uh, at the end, though, Neil Omega and uh, Hangman left. You go ahead and tell us what happened. Sure, with the Dark Order uh, came down. Uh, Daniels had left the match earlier. It was yeah. a ringside for the match. I feel like he might be, like, like we talked about, he might be joining the Dark Order. Well, the Dark Order talking about the uh, coming of the Exalted One. Could Daniels actually be the Exalted One in disguise? I'm going to tell you, yes. yes. We've seen this before. Mm-hmm. With uh, guys, if you want to go do the whole research, go ahead and do it. Vince McMahon used to be the Exalted Supreme One of the Undertaker. Yes. But everybody thought Vince was a good guy. Mm-hmm. And it turned out he was being taped, and actually when he unmasked, it was Vince McMahon. This is the same deal thing. It's not, not to the extreme as WWE portrayed it. But, yeah, the exalted one, I believe, is Christopher Daniels. I don't know. How about you? Yeah, I, I think that's the way they're headed. Or they might throw us a different curve. The guy who used to play um, uh, the character Luke Harper, Brody King, I think his name is, comes mm-hmm. from AW. Yeah. He just signed to be in there next month. End of this month, next month, somewhere along in there. Mm-hmm. He might be the exalted one. What about Matt Hardy? But I think so. if I was a bed man, I would say it'd be Christopher Daniels. I would, too. Any chance Matt Hardy is the exalted one? No, I don't think so. Okay. I think he's a broken one. I think he's he's going to come in and uh, he's going to do the whole broken Matt Hardy thing like he did in the Impact Wrestling. His hair is frizzled and it looks like a mad scientist. And uh, guys, when you get a chance, go watch the whole broken Matt Hardy thing. It's kind of weird, but yeah. it, made a, it made a ton of uh, popularity with him. I just, and he called, you know, he was so. He was on this plane, this equilateral plane, equ- equ- you know, whatever. And his brother, instead of calling him Jeff Hardy, his brother was Nero. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jeff Hardy's name was, was Nero. So it was just a, it was a weird gimmick, but it went over. Sometimes weird can get over, but I yeah. don't see that happening here. Right. We, got, we had a little bit of Brock in with Dark Order arrived, so the best friends, uh, Butcher and Blade came down, the Young Bucks came down. The lines were being drawn. Yes. And the best friends got mad the week before because they did get jumped mm-hmm. by the Dark Order. Exactly. So, so apparently, they, they have, I don't think they felt too good about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they come down. And like you said, it was an interesting thing there. Uh, Dark Order, Butcher and Blade versus basically Young Bucks, STU, and uh, Best 
friends. Yeah. Well, there, there was another group there, too, another tag team there. Uh, guys wore skeleton masks or skeleton outfits. I can't think of their names because, to me, I just don't see them as a great tag team. Right. Uh, but they came out, too, and it, it was they surrounded best friends and uh, – of SCU and then the Young Bucks came. It was a really good segment, yeah. I felt like. And this all portrayed, I think, uh, a tag team match next week. Yeah. To, is it a battle royal tag team match or just tag team, whatever the case may be, to determine the new normal contenders? Yeah, thank you so for it. And this is where I said earlier, the Young Bucks will be the ones who win. Yeah. I mean, I don't see it any going anyway. How do you say? Exactly. Uh, it'll probably be the Young Bucks against Hangman Page and Omega. And this is where it, they probably split up Page and Omega. Yeah, this was one of those things where, like I've told people, uh, yeah, the tag team division is, is every once in a while when you have somebody like a Stone Cold Rock together, Hangman Page, Omega together, every once in a while win a tag team title, that's, that's okay. But for the long term, I just don't like it. Right. And I think this is where it's got to end. Young Bucks will be the one that does it, I believe. Yeah. We had an interesting promo with Santana. Uh, going back, talking about uh, his father. Who was blind. Who was blind. He was in a dark place 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, started, I think as far as I was going, he's 14. Or... Some of the best promos, guys, is actually based on your real life. Yeah. And this is probably one of the best promos I've, I've seen. It really was. really hit the, not the heartstrings, but it just kind of makes you wonder... Darn, should I be pulling for this guy over Moxley? Right. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just like, wow. I mean, of course you're going to pull for Moxley, cause, but then JR brought up a good point. Well, you know, do you not blame Jericho for this? Since Jericho started this. Right. He said, no, I blame Moxley because he's the one that actually did it. So I thought that was a really good segment. It was. I really did. I mean, you wanted, you wanted to feel for the guy. Right. But I, I kind of liked it. I did too, I uh, follow that with a Darby Allen video using a cue cards because she can't talk. She took the skateboard to the throat. Yeah, everybody knew he was going to go after. Uh, he's going to be an ally with John Moxley. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be the only ally though? Because it looks like you don't have no more allies. Right. John Buck's doing their own thing, so they're not getting beat up by their circle anymore. Mm-hmm. Of course, you got Dustin Rose. He's probably going to be an ally. Yeah. But outside of that, who they got? Right. Any attack team to help them out. The only attack team I can see that could probably help them out is the best friends. Yeah. I mean, I can see. You know, like I said, there's there's things that they may not need to attack team, whatever the case may be. It, it'll be interesting. They've got some people coming in the next couple months from other places that they just signed. So it'd be interesting. Uh, I'm like really looking forward to Brian Cage uh, eventually when he gets over the uh, separate shoulder or whatever he had. So, like you said, though, I like the promo. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a five out of five promo. Yeah. Very, it's very hard to hit a five out of five promo. I mean, there, there's some that's just so talented at it, it's unreal. But for a tag team specialist to do a single promo like that in an interview, mm-hmm. that really was awesome. Next up, we had a Sammy Guevara taking on Dustin Rhodes with Jake Hager at ringside. I was actually glad to see Dustin Rhodes win that match. Yeah. Honestly, I just, uh, I don't particularly like Sammy Guevara. Right. I do like his cockiness. I do like him. He's the type of person you want to hate. Right. He reminds me of Christian 
WWE. Yeah, I can see that. He's got a punchable face. Yeah, absolutely punchable face. Yeah, he does. And uh, really good athlete. I'm not saying Guevara Wayne. I just don't like him. You know, mm-hmm. so I guess I guess that's the whole point. They don't want you to like him. Mm-hmm. So I don't like him. Uh, I'm glad to see Dustin win. It sets up the match between Dustin and Jake Hager, and he came out and said some powerful words, and you're a failure at MMA, which he's not. He's undefeated in MMA. Right. He's a failure in the wrestling business, which he, WWE made him a failure in the wrestling business. But he's held world titles in WWE. So it was kind of like, okay, you're calling out his manhood, basically. Right. And uh, honestly, Dustin, you're going to get your manhood punched because I think Jake Hager's going to wipe the floor with you. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel about it, but I just don't see Dustin Rose as a threat. I mean, yeah, he wants revenge for his arm and stuff, but I still think Jake Hager just swaps the floor with him. I think so, too. And it's good to see uh, Hager actually getting in the ring again. Yeah, I was kind of wondering when that. That was a glory. And we talked about this last week. He was a glorified uh, manager. Yeah. Getting paid to do nothing. He's Big Bubba Rogers, son. Bodyguard. Yeah, I'm glad to see him actually put on. And Don and Ty's now. Yeah. Oh, my God. We can see his bare legs. Mm-hmm. And the next up, we had an interview segment where uh, Tony Schiavone interviewed his best friend, Dr. Britt Breaker. You know, that's funny. Why in the crap does he keep doing that? <laughs> Seeing somebody. Else. Yeah. <laughs> Good old PR, I don't think he wants to touch that with his 10-foot pole. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of the uh, other guy's name, the one with the mask. Uh, Excalibur? Who? Excalibur? Yeah, Excalibur. I like you, Excalibur. I'm sorry, I just forgot your name. <laughs> I think she's a, I, th- I like the whole three persons at Dynamic there. Yeah. Those are really good. And by the way, guys, they just signed Taz, too. So it's going to be interesting how they work him in. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Tony Schiavone, I would stop. Yeah. going to do interviews with her. Because all she's doing is just drilling him over the coals. Uh-huh. And he tries to change the subject. She goes right back. I like Britt Baker. Yeah. He's really think, playing the hill angle well. Like you said, that's, that's his best friend. Mm-hmm. And she just is a... Man or woman right now, she's probably one of the hottest tails right now. Yeah. Of any of any of the WWE or AEW right now. Exactly. So she's talking, and I mean, she, she's actually making waves by bringing a little more stuff. Like I said, imitation is the best, uh, what is it? Best form of flattery. Best form of uh, flattery. Yeah. But this ain't what turns you on. Imitation to him is not you know, very flattering. Right. Work at Starbucks, manager, or whatever case it is. Uh, wasn't that great, but, uh, you know, hey, it is what it is, and to get the fans over and hate her guts, that's what she did, and kudos. Right. So, what do you think about the segment? It was good. It was good. It's uh, setting her up. Uh, I'm not sure where she's going next with the match. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the next match coming up. I thought she would actually intervene in the yeah. With the next match, of course, let's go ahead and get to it. It was uh, Riho taking on Nyla Rose. And uh, first time ever, we have a new women's champion in AEW. That actually shocked Yeah. I actually I think she was going to drop the belt to her. I thought she would drop the belt to Rip Baker. Mm-hmm. But this kind of makes you wonder, like you said, where's Rip Baker go from here? She said she could take on either one of them and beat them. Yeah. So does she go after Riho, who uh, she's hated? Ever since that whole thing happened with her, going to win, or is she going to the queen bee herself and Nyla Rose? Right. 
I mean, I, that, that's a good question. I mean, if you would have asked me uh, two weeks ago, I, I told you that Britt Baker got to Rio for the AEW women's title, but now I'm just not so sure. This is an intriguing storyline. Uh, you know, it's an enigma wrapped in a riddle. Right. Don't know. And the question is, what? how much is Rio going to be in AEW in the next couple of weeks? And we know she wrestles in Japan a lot and has other commitments. Yeah. I think that dictates a lot of off the top of my head, I would say we would have Rio and Britt Baker at an angle and maybe bring back Chris Stratlander to challenge for Nyla Rose. That'd be awesome, actually. Yeah. Well, I'd like to see Chris Stratlander versus Britt Baker. Yeah. I'd love to see that match. Mm-hmm. And that uh, other one, uh, and that her name, she's, uh, she's from Japan as well, but I like You're her. You're yeah. mm-hmm. Pretty young girl. Yeah. Anyway, she, uh, I like to see her challenge for the XT, I mean, XT, AEW Women's Championship from Nala Rose. Right. Either way, I mean, they got some good, they, I mean, you both talked about it, they got some really good women wrestlers. Mm-hmm. They just don't have the brand names, A. Right. Those people haven't seen them a lot. And B, they just need some work. Mm-hmm. But uh, they need a few women coming from other companies, I think, to help them better. Right. Achieve that. But that's neither here nor there. We had uh, Jericho cutting a promo announcing that he had hired a bounty hunter to take out John Moxley, Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb was awesome. Yeah. Have you ever seen him, have you ever seen him before that night? Not before last night. That was my first time seeing Jeff Cobb. I've seen him in ROH. And he was there, and I thought, well, I thought he signed a multi deal, so I didn't know. His contract has ended, so he is not from Wireless. Signed a long term deal with a per appearance deal with AEW. I'll be honest with you, I'm going to tell you guys flat out. If he wasn't going to sign, he wouldn't have been there. Right. I mean, that's that's to my knowledge. How about you? I mean, I, anywhere in the business, you ain't going to show up for a couple thousand dollars just for a couple appearances and you're out. Right. You want a contract underneath your belt before you walk out. And WWE wants some. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of people want them. But it kind of reminds me of a, of a rhino. Mm-hmm. A built, stocky rhino. I can see that, yeah. And, and you know, Jeff Cobb is a, an awesome athlete. Worked in ROH, and uh, you know, I actually thought when they when they brought him in ROH, Jeff Cobb went straight for it. not the not the world title, but they're the lowest title, not the lowest, but the, you know, like a U.S. title type thing. But mm-hmm. you know, he won it outright quickly. Okay, and it just to me, I thought he challenged for a world title. He did. He didn't let win. I did, you know, I just thought he was still with ROH until he came out. Honestly, I thought this was a good fit. I like I like Jeff Cobb. I like what he did to Moxley, and I like the fact that Jericho hired a bodyguard to take care of him. Yeah. But here's the thing. Is he part of, because he didn't say he's part of the inner circle. He said he was just a bodyguard that he paid. Right. Hired hand, basically, they paid. A bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. So did he, yeah. Here's the thing, will will be the hand, I mean, will it be the, I don't know. Will he bite the hands of feet? I think he might bite the hand that feeds him. That's what I meant to say. And he might turn against him later on. Mm -hmm. I don't know, how do you feel like this? I mean. Yeah, it's possible, and that would be a good angle, I think, for Jeff Cobb, just to be a hitman for hire. Yeah. Of multiple angles. It would be. It's good, he could play heel or face, depending on who he's going after. Yeah, and then, you know, eventually when he wants to settle into a character, you just say, okay, I'm after this one person. Maybe because he got a job. Maybe because he got hurt. Whatever the case may be. Right. Uh, it was, it was, I thought, I liked it. 
next matchup, we had uh, MJF taking on Jungle Boy with Wardlow, Stunt, and Luchasaurus at ringside. Well, they, well, they got rid of Yeah. at one point. Uh-huh. And it was just MJF and uh, uh, Jungle Boy. Which Jungle Boy, you know, that's Luke Perry's son. Right. Late Luke Perry, actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a really good wrestler. Yeah. He's a young wrestler. But, you know, Brandy Rose on commentary, you know, we've talked about this last, uh, I think we, did we talk about it on last podcast? That she I believe so, the, whole, the Nightmare Collective. The whole, what was it? The Nightmare Collective. Nightmare Collective. Did we ever, I don't know if we talked about it, we're going to space now. She said in the interview she's going to get rid of it because it wasn't appeasing her. She didn't think the fans liked it. It was just a lose-lose situation, so she got rid of it. Yeah. She came out as the, as the wife, not the, uh, character, not anything, as the wife of Cody Rhodes, right. basically. And this was a heartfelt, too. Uh-huh. I came down, and I was just warning my Cody that he had to get up because he could not give in. He could not put his hands on nothing. He only got a limited time to, you know, if he don't, then this is all for naught. Uh-huh. So I thought that was her giving that backstory there in the MJF, you know, grabbing himself, you know, toward her. Um, you know, and then her turn around and say, or her saying, I guess that must have been for Wardlow because Wardlow came out of the back. Right. So I thought that whole exchange was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, of course, you knew Wardlow was going to come down when Jungle Boy got, you know, advantage. Right. I did like how Religiousaurus come down. I would love to see Religiousaurus versus Wardlow, though. Yeah, it's a really good match. That'd be a really yeah, good match. I, Two big guys, I think. Right. I mean, I believe we're going to have Wardlow with uh, Cody in the cage. Uh, next week, actually. Next week, yeah. Wednesday. AEW. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Atlanta, Georgia. Yep. And it, it's, it's a very thing. You know, I, I like to see Jurassic Express. No offense to Marco Stunt. He does not need to be in that ring. But, I mean, it could be a midget wrestling. That's fine. But not in here. I mean, he's a good, you know, he's a good comedy act. Right. You know, but if you want to be serious, come right down to it. I do like the Jurassic Express of Marlisa Source and Jungle Boy as the tag team champions. I said they got a they got a long career there. Yeah. Lisa Source as a single champion could be good. Mm-hmm. It really could. He certainly got to look in the posing and it looks like Jungle Boy's been getting over with the crowd. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like him. I think he's a really good young wrestler. I think he's twenty. Late, I mean, early 20s. He's got a long future ahead of him. He's getting a little bit more muscle, I think, but other than that, I think it'd be good. Yeah. Oh, we got another uh, interview with Pac calling out Kenny Omega. And Pac uh, is brutal. Yeah. And uh, it's, I think their match is just coming Wednesday, too, ain't it? Right. Uh, next week, we got Paige and uh, Omega against the Lucha Brothers in two weeks. We have the 30-minute yep. Iron Man match with Pac and uh, Omega. That'd be a good match. Yeah. Uh, from start to finish, I think it's going to be a non-stop uh, go, go, go. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll probably blow themselves up before the 30 minutes is up. Yeah. When we talk about blow-up guys, I mean, bad breath, uh, can't continue, whatever. A lot of wrestlers say that. Yeah. I learned the terminology from watching shoot interviews. I you did, Jeff. A lot of people know out there know it. Um, but anybody don't, that's the terminology. Um, yeah, Pac is really good. I like his character. 
and see uh, with Omega basically working two programs because we think he's got the feud coming with uh, Hangman Page yeah. once they split. Well, you know, and he's going to have Pac as well. Well, you know, though, I think after this whole thing with Pac, because Pac said he wants to move past this after the Iron Man match. Mm-hmm. If he loses, I think Pac will go back after but I think if Pac wins, I think the feud's over with. I think it just sets up another program with him and or Heyman Page and uh, um, Omega. Yeah. I don't know how your view on it is, but that's where I, I see it going. That could, this could be a one-time match. I I do think Pac will probably win. I do too. Like I said, going to challenge for a world title. Yeah, I do too. I think it's a, I think somehow somebody Heyman Page will end up tossed in the match, whether he meant to or not. Right. I think that's where the storyline goes. you got to continue with storyline. So far, they've done an excellent job in AEW continuing with storyline. Yeah. So. We had our main event match with Santana against John Moxley. Really good match for what it was. Yep. If anybody can tell you that they didn't expect Moxley to get jumped at the end of the match, they're full of crap. Right. It was there. Jericho was out in the crowd along with Big Jake Hager. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, you know, you had uh, uh, Santana against Moxley and then um, his partner on the outside. And then uh, Ortiz. And then you have Sammy Guevara, who just, I don't know, he's just there. He's, a, you know, he's in the crowd, too. So after the whole thing, they beat him up. Here's the interesting thing. They said they were going to take the other eye out, but they never did go after the other eye. Nope. Everybody is there finishing moves on them. And Jeff Cobb came out and hit uh, tour of the islands. Yep. Uh, pretty good move. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I liked it. It's interesting. Um, uh I don't know, tilt the world or whatever the case may be. is mm-hmm. interesting move. Yeah. Very effective. Uh, next week, we're going to see Jeff Cobb versus uh, Moxley. Yeah. Should be a good match. This will showcase Jeff Cobb's talent. This will show us whether or not he's going to actually have a contract stay or not have a contract stay. Right. But not pretty much know after this. Mm-hmm. Here's a question for you before we end the segment. Uh, I think that the, the AEW should go after a single, another singles title, lower grade, maybe a television title or a USB title or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, uh, they could definitely use it. Yeah, that would be the only title I would ask if I was them. They got the women's title, they got the tag titles, they got the single title, the world title, of course. I just think that it'd be better with all the male uh, people that you could have, like a television champion, mm-hmm. a Luchasaurus could hold a television title. Jungle Boy could hold a television title, U.S. title. You know, it's just a minor title that could give an upcoming star the momentum to become a bigger star. Exactly. And I, that's that's my take. Mm-hmm. I don't know, guys. It could, it could be something that they could work on and bring out. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. But guys, like always, tell us what you think. Tell us how you feel. Tell us uh, anything, good or bad or ugly. We don't care. Mm-hmm. Commenting is the, you know, they say bad publicity is good publicity. It's the way it is for us. If we get bad, we get good. It don't matter. Just let us know comments. Right. Give us your feedback, whatever it is. Uh, 
like and subscribe for the podcast. Cash check us out on Twitter at Wrestling Road. Yes. And uh, we'll keep bringing you more of our insightful reviews, whether you like it or not. That's it. Like always, guys. Uh, we'll see you on the flip side. Yep. We're out.